a dangerous den of deception. That's what we're talking about today on Legendary Adventures Podcast. On the north end of Kakariko Village, there's a low-profile building with a roof made of leaves. A man inside says the building used to be a hideout for thieves. Their leader was a man named Blind, who hated bright light. That man in Kakariko then looks around nervously. Where is Blind now? After completing Skull Woods, it's time to head south to the fourth dungeon. It's located in the Dark World equivalent of Kakariko Village, the Village of Outcasts. This village is full of bombed out buildings. Of the few that are still standing, most are businesses. Ghosts drift across the landscape and monsters wander the streets. Signs posted around the village read, People without rupees are not welcome here. It quickly becomes clear why. Among the roving monsters and ghosts, there are also thieves wandering the streets. They attempt to run into Link and make off with his rupees. But turnabout is fair play. The thieves' stash of stolen rupees is yours for the taking. On the southern end of the village is a small building with cracks in the wall. A bomb opens an entryway, leading to a small room with a chest with 300 rupees inside. Another standing building on the eastern side of the village is empty except for a chest containing another 300 rupees. Of the two businesses in the village, there's only one worth noting. It's a gambling game which allows players to open two chests and then keep whatever's inside. I've largely ignored this game in my past playthroughs, but it is worth taking the time to play. The big prize is a heart piece. I cheated and used the rewind feature on the Switch SNES online service to get the heart piece on my first pick. And then I went to a chest that I had previously opened and seen 100 rupees in. I instead got 10 arrows when I opened it. I messed around with a few other chests and got different results with each chest I opened. It appears the entire game is based on luck. It doesn't matter which chest is opened, the results are randomized every time. Players who want the heart piece but don't want to use the rewind will have to hope they get lucky or pay until they do. So where is the dungeon? After all, the map does indicate there is one here. There is a building located on the north end of the village that sits low to the ground with only the windows visible. This suggests a subterranean structure, and it's in the same location as the former thief's hideout in Kakariko. Just south of this building, in the center of the village, sits a large gargoyle statue. It's in the same location as the weathercock in Kakariko. A talking tree in the southeastern corner of the village tells Link a girl can be heard calling out from under the gargoyle statue. It's a hint that this is the entrance to the dungeon. The next question is, how do we get inside? I seem to recall having a hard time figuring it out the first time I played this game. I don't recall how I came to the solution. A friend and I were playing through the game at the same time and exchanging tips and solutions that we were discovering. So I don't know if my friend told me it, or if I came upon it on my own, or if I found an answer on the internet. The solution is actually pretty simple. I think that's what tripped me up. All the player has to do is grab the bars blocking the entrance under the gargoyle and pull. The bars break away, allowing the player to enter the fourth dungeon, Thieves Town. This dungeon does not have the strong theming that was seen in Swamp Palace or Skull Woods. It's all green stone and doesn't immediately distinguish itself from other dungeons. It does, however, have a gimmick which helps it stand apart. As with most other dungeons in this game, Thieves' Town is divided into two segments. The first segment takes place across four large rooms. The rooms feature a grid of crisscrossing bridges on an upper level, and a maze-like network of paths on a lower level. 
The first room of the dungeon contains both the dungeon map and the big key, but it's only accessible if players take a looping path through the lower levels of the first four rooms of the dungeon, going first north, then east, then south, then back west. The compass is found on the upper level of the southeastern room, while the big key door which leads to the second segment of the dungeon is located on the upper level of the northeastern room. Through this door it's just a straight shot to the boss room. The doors even open, but when players go inside they'll find only an empty room. Just outside the boss door is a small key hidden under a skull. A locked door is on the southwestern wall of the hallway. Traveling west through a few rooms and then north, players will go to an upper level. A hint tile on the upper level contains a warning from Princess Zelda to not be deceived by the magic of Blind the Thief. While on the upper level, players will notice light coming through the windows. We're inside the visible portion of the structure seen topside in the village of Outcasts. In the easternmost room, a stream of light falls directly on a cracked floor above the Bosch room. A low wall keeps players from walking onto the cracked floor, and a chest in the room contains bombs. The item text helpfully reminds players that we can pick up and throw bombs. Throwing a bomb onto this floor allows the light to stream into the boss room below. While backtracking, players can flip a crystal switch upon returning to the lower floor. This will allow players to head a couple of rooms east and then descend to the lowest level of the dungeon. After looping around south and then east, players will reach a room with a series of locked jail cells. In the cell furthest back, Link finds a girl. She thanks him for rescuing her and asks to be taken out of the dungeon. This situation should raise some red flags for the player. Other maidens were not found in cells. We also have a warning from Zelda. A small key is inside a chest within the jail cell with the girl. Back to the west, players can enter a locked door and find a big chest with the dungeon item, the Titan's Mitt. This is an upgrade to the Power Glove, allowing players to lift dark colored stones. If players attempt to exit the dungeon through the front entrance with the girl in tow, she will ask players not to go that way and will refuse to exit. The solution is to head back to the boss room. A square of light is now in the center of the room. Leading the girl into the light will cause her to scream that it's too bright and transform into a monstrous form of Blind the Thief. Blind's a ghost-like being with a white sheet-like body and a red head. Blind fires lasers at the player. Link can deal damage by landing blows to his head. After enough damage is dealt, Blind's body collapses into a heap and the head begins flying around freely. After a few moments, the body raises again with a new head, while the old head continues to fly around and fire at the player. Echoes of Gliok from the first game are definitely felt here. At the end of the fight, two heads will be flying. After enough damage is dealt to the third incarnation of Blind, his body explodes, leaving behind a heart container. Once collected, the fourth maiden is freed. This newly freed maiden doesn't offer much new information. She just reinforces the fact that Link's a descendant of the Knights of Hyrule, the last of the Knights line in fact, and the only one who can defeat Ganon according to prophecy. Next week we'll tackle a few side quests in the Village of Outcasts before heading to the fifth Dark World dungeon, the Ice Palace. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing to follow along. If you're liking this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. Thanks for listening. I'm Paul Riley. I'll see you next week.